Age to Practice, applying educational reading in the classroom. Join in the conversation using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. From Page to Practice is a podcast focusing on the application of educational reading in the classroom. Each episode features one book or article, my reflections and the thoughts of my guests on its use and impact in the classroom. Some episodes may also feature an introduction from the author. Hi and welcome to episode 17 of From Page to Practice. This episode is all about the book Retrieval Practice, Research and Resources for Every Classroom by Kate Jones. I was prompted to cover this book thanks to the newly started Edu Book Club. In case you've not heard, it's a monthly chat on Twitter focusing on different edu books. The next is Michael Child's The Craft of Assessment. It's on the 25th of June at 7pm. This book will then be coming to From Page to Practice on the 12th of July. To find out more about this chat, follow at edubookclub1 on Twitter. Also coming soon to From Page to Practice is Be More Toddler by Emma Turner, 10% Braver, by a collection of authors from Women Ed, and in September, What They Didn't Teach Me on My PGCE, brought together by Sarah Mullins. I'm looking for suggestions on what to cover next, and contributors to all episodes are welcome, so please use the usual channels or the contact form on my website. All of the details will be recapped at the end of the episode. So that's enough about the coming episodes, let's hear from Kate Jones about her book. Hello, I'm Kate Jones and I am the author of Retrieval Practice, Research and Resources for Every Classroom, published with John Catt. And I'm absolutely delighted that my book is featuring on uh, the podcast from Page to Practice. That's very exciting. And I'll just tell you a little bit about my book and I'm really looking forward to hearing what readers have had to say as well. This is actually my second book and the reason why this book came about writing just about retrieval practice, it's linked to my first book. So my first book is called Love to Teach, Research and Resources for Every Classroom and this is a book that um, contains chapters on literacy, technology, CPD, pastoral care, lots of different factors. And there was a section um, in the book about cognitive psychology and retrieval practice. And this was something that I really enjoyed writing about and that people responded well to. The only problem with the book Love to Teach is I think the title is a little bit misleading. The book Love to Teach isn't about why I love to teach. That's just the name of my website, my blog, lovetoteach87.com. So when it came to writing a second book, I wanted the title to be very specific and clear as to what the book was about. Hence the very simple and clear title, Retrieval Practice. And this book was actually inspired by Tom Sherrington's work and the work he's done with Rosenshine's Principles. And that's a small book that is very powerful and punchy and really helpful, really useful and practical. And I wanted to do something similar. And it's amazing that Tom Sherrington was my inspiration because he actually 
actually wrote the forward to the book in retrieval practice as well. So that's how I came about the idea. And I also had um, some retrieval practice classroom activities and um, strategies that I came up with after my first book. And I thought, oh, that's a shame. I would have liked to put it in the book. And then when I decided to write a second book, I then had all these other ideas and I started reading even more about retrieval practice and it was just a great process. So I I really, really enjoyed it. And in regards to who this book is aimed at, anybody in the classroom, obviously it's great if you're joining the profession uh, and you're new to teaching, then you'll find it very useful. But lots of people have read it, have been in the classroom for a long time. And even people who are confident and they understand retrieval practice, this just adds to that understanding, goes into more depth and detail, uh, especially with the research. And then all of these practical ideas that teachers can use in their classrooms. I also think it's really useful for leaders. If you're a middle leader and you're leading with retrieval practice, I think this will be very helpful. And I also know senior leaders from senior leaders who are responsible for teaching and learning to head teachers that have read the book because they're trying to implement retrieval practice across the whole school because it's such an effective strategy this book isn't subject specific to history history is my subject and there are history examples but I contacted other teachers from other subjects who had used a resource that I'd shared on Twitter and I asked to include that in the book so that there are lots of different examples. Um, I do make the point though that I think these activities and tasks should be adapted for each subject. It's not necessarily about promoting a generic approach but it's about taking this research, taking these ideas and then applying it in a classroom situation and that's really what I want teachers to take away from it as well as taking away ideas um, I know lots of teachers like the cops and robbers ideas where students in the cop column will write down what they can recall about previous content and then in the robbers column they will go and they will look at other people's work and add information that they didn't include or that they might have forgot about or didn't have enough time and it's that idea of having a retrieval opportunity but then also some collaboration with others as well. So I hope there's lots of practical takeaways. Something else that I really hope that people get from this book is that I signpost them to lots of other blogs and books and people to follow on on Twitter because I love that about other books. I remember when I read um, the book by Sean Allison and Andy Tharby. It's part of a great series, Making Every Lesson Count. And I made a note of all the books that they were referencing and I thought, I want to read that. And I read actually most of them. I remember they recommended um, Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. And I love that book so much. So I was so grateful. I'd never heard of that book before, but they made a reference to it. And then 
I went and checked it out. I bought my own copy and it's one of my favourite books. And actually now I've been in touch with the authors as well. And it's just brilliant. And that's what I hope people do with my book. At the end of each chapter, I recommend other books. Uh, I recommend lots of people to follow on Twitter. I recommend blogs to read. And I really do hope that my book leads to lots more reading um, and that's it really Lee. Um, there's only four chapters the book was meant to be about retrieval practice but I do touch upon other areas like dual coding and space practice but the focus always being on that retrieval and hopefully this book will show people that there's a lot more to retrieval practice than just a quiz and I think it's easy to think, oh, well, we've always done retrieval practice. It's just a, a buzzword that's come around and it's trendy. And then actually, when we dig a little deeper, there's a lot more to it. And there's a, a lot of overwhelming but positive research about this strategy. Uh, and, we, we, you know, we shouldn't be writing it off. We should be embracing it. And I would say that because of my book, but hopefully the research that I share supports my arguments. So one last thing from me is that if you are on Twitter, you can follow me at 87history because this week there is a competition where I will give away three copies of my book to anybody who retweets my pin tweet. So if you visit 87history, my account, look at the pin tweet on my profile and it's a tweet about my book. All you have to do is retweet it. And then there's a website that has a random name generator and it will select three random winners and I will contact them and I will get a book to them. Unfortunately, I won't be able to sign it because I actually live in Abu Dhabi. So by the time um, I post it from Abu Dhabi to wherever the winners are in the world, that might take a while. So it won't be a signed copy, but it will be a free copy of my book if you haven't read it or if you have and you would like to give the gift to someone else, then just retweet. So thank you very much for listening to me. I can't wait to listen to the podcast episode. Thank you very much. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. It's always great to hear from the author and I continue to be grateful to everyone that has given their time so far to take part. Today I have 11 readers all ready to share their thoughts. First we'll hear from returning contributor Alex Gordon who tweets at Mr. A.W. Gordon underscore. Hello everyone, I am really excited to be back on such a brilliant podcast and contributing to this week's episode. My name is Alex Gordon and I'm a secondary school history teacher in North East London. I'm in my fourth year of teaching and I currently hold a pastoral position within the school as assistant head of year 12 and 13. I have a very strong passion for teaching and learning and I believe Kate Jones's book around retrieval practice is absolutely fantastic and I know I learned a vast amount through reading it and I was very glad to hear that this was to be featured on this week's podcast. Now I'd been aware of the word retrieval before reading the book and I know it has since become a buzzword in some cases in education setting but the book really helped to sharpen and narrow my focus about the core importance of the strategy and how it is situated within lessons and in wider planning. 
I found the structure of the book to be really helpful here. It begins by taking the reader through the rationale and the background to retrieval practice, and it clearly bridges the research to classroom practice and offers examples of effective retrieval practice that can immediately be used within teaching. I've sometimes found there's a danger with retrieval practice in that it can be moved into this edutainment fad with fancy animations, colours and sounds which are used as a lesson hook but distracts from the true purpose of retrieval practice. And the book very much talks about this recognition that retrieval practice should be part of a great teaching model and that it should continually be embedded within professional development frameworks and in a whole school setting. I very much agree with that as well. Chapter two, entitled Retrieval Practice in the Classroom, jumped out to me immediately and it has since helped to widen my bank of retrieval resources that I use in the classroom. Now, my biggest takeaway from the book and an area I am passionate about exploring further and sharing as well is the danger that retrieval practice can sometimes become a singular tick box style activity within a lesson and that its true purpose within a scheme of work can sometimes be forgotten and lost if it is employed incorrectly. Now, as a way to combat this and through reading the book as well, I've since implemented what I've coined retrieval packs. And this is a strategy that I've tweeted about and explained in further detail in a blog post that I've written on my own blog page. But the rationale behind it is that I wanted my retrieval activities to be linked together throughout a coherent scheme of work. I didn't want people to see retrieval practice as a standalone function at the beginning of a lesson where the ownership was on me to create a resource and the pupils would then complete that resource and nothing else was to come of it so therefore, the retrieval pack was born. Now, how it works is at the end of a topic or a unit, pupils are each given the retrieval practice activities from the scheme of work in a printed booklet. And they're asked to complete these as revision for an assessment or an end of unit style activity. The reason I do this is because, firstly, it helps to strengthen memory as pupils are asked to retrieve information from previous parts of the course and the lessons as a whole and also helps to strengthen memory through the idea of repetition and self-quizzing which my pupils are all trained in and this also aids pupil confidence for the knowledge covered and it helps to centralise the retrieval resources that I've put together to aid my future workload and a number of those retrieval activities and resources come from the ideas that are put forward in the book. It's also very easy to make and collate, uh, and it ensures that scheme work is very much tied together by a thread. All I simply have to do is go back through the lessons in the scheme of work and get the retrieval practice activities and centralise them on one document and give them to the pupils. It very much helps workload. And it also helps the pupils because they can explicitly see how knowledge links from one lesson to the next and how it flows within a scheme of work in a narrative arc. Now, to summarise the retrieval pack, if I had to bring it down to two words, and I mentioned this on my blog post, the retrieval pack very much helps to retrieve retrieval. It brings the retrieval activities and the purpose of retrieval to the forefront of the pupils' brains, and it also places knowledge at the heart of my scheme of work. Now, this retrieval pack very much was born out of reading the book and the activities that Kate Jones puts forward and the rationale she describes at the start of the book and links throughout the whole of the 
book itself, really. I think this book is uh, excellently written. I think it's a really important part of a teacher's arsenal to be really comfortable and to understand retrieval practice and how it should be used in the classroom. And essentially, I believe this book is a must-read for all teachers at any stage in their career. And something they really need to understand and to embed into their own teaching because retrieval is very, very powerful um, in the classroom. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. Next up, we hear from Alison Cranston, who tweets from at Alison Cranston. Hi, my name is Alison Cranston and I'm an associate lead teacher and historian at a secondary school in Calderdale, West Yorkshire. I'm a previous head of department and subject leader and I've been teaching for about 12 years now. When I heard that Kate Jones's book on retrieval practice was going to be featured on an episode of From Page to Practice, I was really keen to get involved and contribute because this book alongside Kate's other work on her blog and various other channels, have been really beneficial to me for a number of years now. And I really want to encourage other teachers to give it a read because I'm sure they will find it just as helpful and as valuable as I did. My motivation for reading this book is, I'm sure, a shared one amongst many of us in this profession. The increase of subject content in the latest GCSE specifications and the sheer amount of knowledge that students were required to remember, it was just so daunting. When I was doing my own personal planning for the new specifications and being involved in department and faculty meetings where we were mapping out our curriculum, I was getting quite anxious about how much we were going to have to get through and how little time we were going to be left with for revision at the end prior to exams. It was quite overwhelming and I know history isn't alone in facing this challenge. These feelings combined with the quite regular frustrations I was having in the classroom when I was being faced with students who were quite frequently and genuinely struggling to remember key dates, key terms or events or whatever it may be from a previous lesson or even from the last 10 minutes within the same lesson It was just, to be quite honest, my confidence was rocked and so was the confidence of my students. I knew it needed addressing and I found myself late one night reading a blog post by Kate Jones on retrieval practice and retrieval grids and I've been really invested in retrieval ever since. My initial and, to be honest, key takeaway from this book is the amount of really practical and workable examples of retrieval practice that Kate shares as well as the case study detailing exactly what it looks like in a classroom. I've been using the retrieval grids as an in and on activity with both my year 11 classes all year, and I've been genuinely quite amazed at the impact that they've had. Kate mentions in the book that these are her most downloaded resource, and I can honestly see why. The idea behind them is fantastically simple. The grid is populated with 12 different questions from four different GCSE topics, I see my year 11 classes three times a week, so within the grid there are three different questions per topic. The same grid is displayed on the screen as they enter the classroom and students are asked to complete one of every colour, one of every topic, the colour-coded for easy reference. By the end of the week, after they've been in all three lessons, they will have answered all 12 questions. And exactly as Kate references in the book, I found that students are always answering what they found to be the easier questions in the first lesson and leaving the harder ones until later in the week. 
but then they were using their time, their free time at home to research the answers to those questions so that they knew them for when they next came in. They were taking ownership of their own revision. They were personalising it. They found it really difficult. Some found it really, really difficult to start with, but that shock and scare factor made they meant they were putting in the effort later on and they knew that what they needed to revise and were going away and actually doing it. And when they could do it, the confidence, the excitement and the genuine pride that those students were experiencing when they could confidently retrieve the knowledge to answer the questions, it was infectious. That and the aforementioned art of routine, students knew that this task was going to be at the start of every lesson. They knew what to expect. They knew exactly what was expected of them. They felt safe and comfortable and they were able to focus really quickly. The start of my lessons have genuinely never been so efficient. This book gives so many different examples, not just the grids um, in chapter two, and they're all freely downloadable using the QR codes in the resource section at the end. It's just a fantastic tool for teachers. You can really tell that this book is written by a practicing teacher. It's filled with exactly what we want, the theory behind the practice and then the practical examples of them in action. Another key takeaway from the book for me was how retrieval practice is so much more than just a quick starter activity, a recall quiz that just acts as a settler. Um, I know I, the way I describe my retrieval grids, they can come across like that. It can seem, oh, it's, you know, the focus is settling them down, but it's so much more than that. If it's fully embedded within your long-term classroom planning and your practice, it allows for such a better organisation of the memory and of learning. It prevents interference from previous materials when learning the new content, allowing instead to, students to transfer knowledge to new contexts. Again, I found myself explicitly pointing out prior to using retrieval practice and retrieval grids in the classroom, I was explicitly pointing out the links between the subject content from our different modules. For example, how new weapons and injuries in World War One, when we were studying the conflict and tension unit, how that related to the development of new surgical techniques in the 20th century from the health and medicine unit, health and the people. But with effective use of retrieval practice techniques, more and more students were able to make these links independently. To use a metaphor previously given to me by an old colleague of mine, retrieval practice prevents students learning taking the form of a train where they're merely speeding down a single track from point A to B. But now they're learning using retrieval practice that takes the form of a helicopter they pick up and drop off at various different stops in lots of different directions and they're able to rise above and see that big picture from above. To summarise, I think this book is just a fantastic tool for all teachers to read and reflect on so that they can look at their own practice and implement some of the recommendations within it to help ensure students are just provided with the opportunity to regularly use their memory in order to shape and train it. Rehearsed and retrieval, rehearsal and retrieval, it's just the key to learning. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. Our next contribution comes from Ben Windsor, who is at MrClassics3 on Twitter, and one of the contributors that I made contact with thanks to Edu Book Club. 
Hi, this is Ben Windsor. I'm a secondary school teacher in history, ancient history and uh, ancient languages as well, such as Latin. Um, I'm going to take you through a few key concepts um, uh, to do with Kate Jones's book, Retrieval Practice, and how those key concepts have affected my teaching in practice. So the way I always view this is that uh, inside our, each of our minds, there's a sort of a battle going on between short uh, and long term memories. A history teacher, I love talking about things in terms of battles. So there's, of course, you've got your sensory input. So that's the stuff that you see and hear and read in the classroom and indeed out in the outer world as well. Um, so things that you pay attention to are things that tend to go into your short term memory. Now, the trick there is getting it into the long term memory and, and getting it to stick there. Uh, our minds, by their very nature, is going to jettison information that, uh, depending on how frequently we use it. If we don't use that information frequently, that is something that we then forget. So then our struggle becomes um, how do we get the students to rehearse and retrieve this information uh, as frequently as possible? Then that will fossilize the information into the long term memory. The reason why it's really important to have it in the long term memory uh, as much as possible and, and rehearse and retrieve this information, is because then that information becomes more procedural, which means that it becomes more automated. Um, so it means that they are able to recall it uh, with very little effort at all, which frees up space in young minds for the working memory. So in the classroom, how does this affect anything in the classroom? Well, basically, it means that we have to give the opportunity to access and recall this information as frequently as possible on a lesson by lesson basis. And we might also think about how we're going to space out that retrieval as well um, over the course of lessons. So perhaps while you're doing one unit, you might want to put in some uh, retrieval activities to do with the previous unit uh, or the unit before that and interspace them almost at random so that these memories are forced to come back to the surface and therefore the students are re retrieving, rehearsing uh, and recalling the information as well in order to uh, put it back into the long term memory to make it more procedural. So there are a few things in the book as well that I found really, really useful. I, I often sit there uh, and rack my brains about an all singing, all dancing, whizzy uh, retrieval practice task for the students to do. Um, and actually, it needn't be complex at all. Um, Kate Jones uh, talks about a few techniques that she uses, things like cops and robbers, which in the cops column, you write down um, something that the students know. And in the robbers column, they'll talk to the student next to them and figure out what they know. Also, the, just a matter of making a list of, of things that you remember about each topic. Again, that can be um, the, an extension can be put on there for them to speak to another student and find out what they know as well. A key theme that runs throughout this work is using other students as a resource. So um, collectively between two or three students, they're going to know quite a lot about your subject. And so it's worth utilizing that because that, al that allows the other students as well to recall, rehearse and retrieve that information as well um, as a sort of bonus. Um, having said that, there is worth the proviso of also uh, intense monitoring in these phases so that the incorrect information isn't becoming fossilized um, in these young minds. So you can go around and correct these misconceptions as and when they occur. So a key thing as well is that you can also review with the class. So once they've spoken to their partner or their table or their group, um, you can review with the class yourself, which gives you sort of another phase as well. And I suppose the way you're going to gauge whether or not uh, they are retrieving this information uh, a lot better is uh, when you review it with the class, what they get as a group or even individually is closer and closer to what you get. So your um, things sort of converge. 
So the key thing, I suppose, here is what I'm trying to get at is the, it's the opportunity for students to access their own memory as frequently as possible. It improves their retrieval storage, which is the physical amounts that they're able to remember. Um, and then it also improves their retrieval strength. So the ease with which they are able to remember that information as well. So another way I've been using the information from Kate Jones's book is I've been trying to uh, combine it with dual coding theory as well. So um, if you haven't read it, please um, have a look at Oli Caviglioli's book, Dual Coding for Teachers. Um, and it, in essence, the theory is that uh, there are there are two kind of um, streams of information um, when it comes to learning. Basically, there's one that is verbal and then there's one that is pictorial. Uh, and if we're able to use um, both of those streams of information at the same time, it leads to memory traces and thereby uh, is is going to aid retrieval rehearsal and recall as well so the way I use these two things together is I, I, I believe it has a capacity for for a really powerful tool in terms of um, gaining information giving the students a good knowledge base um, so at the end of each lesson I will start uh, summing up the lesson and I'll use um, icons from nounproject.com takes a little bit of time um, but put the icons up on the board and have the students explain to you the key points of the lesson using those icons uh, as a jumping off point and the idea of that is um, you can then use that slide uh, that review slide next time at the beginning of the lesson after they've done their do it now to recap some key information and also you can intersperse those slides in future lessons to refer to a previous topic. Um, so with, uh, earlier I was talking about spaced retrieval. So you can use them as spaced retrieval on previous topics as well, uh, interspersed throughout the curriculum in order to, again, try and get the students to rehearse, review and recall um, the appropriate uh, information that you want them to know. So would I recommend this book to colleagues inside the teaching industry? Um, absolutely. Yes, I would. Um, there's also a great Seneca learning course any, uh, as well for people who are, who are a little bit pressed for time or just as a kind of a, like a top up course as well. Um, the reason why I'd recommend it so highly is because it, it reads well and it makes sense. So you'll read this book and you'll think, OK, well, these are things that I, I kind of do already, but I agree I could do with a little bit more work on it. It brings those ideas for the, to the forefront of your mind again. It reminds you of these key concepts, so then you can implement them going forward. Uh, it reads easily, um, but it does have a decent amount of neuroscientific and metacognitive backing as well. And those are explained in, in very, very easy terms, um, which I found really quite friendly um, and very, very accessible. So absolutely 10 out of 10 uh, would read again. Um, thank you for listening to my uh, review of uh, Retrieval Practice by Kate Jones. Uh, my Twitter handle is MrClassics3. Thank you very much for listening. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. Next, we're going to hear from Katrina Egan. You can find her tweeting at Egan Katrina. That's Egan, E-G-A-N, Katrina, C-A-I-T-R-I-O-N-A. Hello, my name is Katrina Egan and I'm a Spanish and French teacher in a secondary school in the northeast of England. Um, I'm coming to the end of my fifth year of teaching and from September I will be taking over as the head of languages. Um, prior to reading Kate Jones's book about retrieval practice, I had heard of the concept and had used some of the more well-known retrieval activities such as the challenge grid. However, what the I really took away from the book was the cognitive science that supports 
retrieval practice um it became really clear to me that it isn't just another fad in education but actually a concept that all teachers need to be aware of and something that we all need to incorporate into our classroom practice having read the book there's an absolute wealth of ways that i have um used what kate jones writes about to change my classroom practice um firstly I think it's made me think a lot more about my questioning style and how I use retrieval practice to involve everyone in the classroom. Um, Over the years, I've tried to improve my questioning, but it's made me realise that a lot of the time it was focused on one or a few pupils, whereas retrieval practice needs to involve everyone so that you as the teacher get an understanding of where everyone is in terms of their learning. Another thing that I took away from the book, which really changed the way I used retrieval practice, was the emphasis on there being no support for pupils when they complete retrieval activities. As I mentioned, I'd used things like the challenge grids before, but tended to let pupils use prior work or I supported them or they worked in pairs. And actually that defies the point of retrieval practice because they're not using their long-term, what they know in their long-term memory, but each other me resources um so it loses its impact if if completed like that and that's something that I've completely changed now and when we do retrieval activities they are low stakes kind of tests um so I can get a real understanding of what pupils know it became really clear to me throughout the book that the way that Kate has achieved this is she's built it up as a as part of the culture of her classroom. Um, so something I've started doing a lot more is having those very open conversations with pupils about retrieval practice, about its benefits, the cognitive science behind it, um, because you know one of the theories of retrieval practice is that it's meant to be challenging and that's how you learn more and I think you need to make pupils aware of this and make them comfortable with it um and then to not see challenge as necessarily something negative so I've started doing that a lot more and I really have seen a difference in their resilience and their willingness to take part in activities that they're not always going to get all of the answers right One of the case studies in the book talked about using uh, retrieval practice as lesson starters um, as opposed to sometimes the more hook style starters that, you know, look at material that's going to be taught. Um, I've changed a lot of my starters now to be retrieval practice and I found this really impactful. Um, The pupils are engaged with them and actually I have seen it benefit their learning because we're constantly going back to old material so it really is improving their long-term memory. Um, One thing I would like to look at in the next academic year now is how to incorporate retrieval practice more into the homework tasks I set so that's something that I want to be focusing on a bit more i think kate jones retrieval practice book is an absolute must read for anyone in education that wants to improve their pedagogy um i've tried over the last year or so to engage a lot more in the cognitive science 
behind education and I sometimes find the research and science quite hard to digest and not that accessible um the way Kate breaks down the book and the theory side of it is very very clear and I found it really easy to read and found myself nodding along a lot of the time which was a huge contrast to other pieces kind of of research that I've read um so I think that, you know, the first half of the book, the theory is really clearly explained. Um, the second half of the book looks more at resources um, to be used in the classroom. And I think this is absolutely crucial. I'm a really strong believer that any CPD you engage in, any books you read, any articles you read, you need to take something from it that then you can put into your own practice. Um, and her resources are absolutely amazing. She mentions quite a few times the importance of low effort high impact and her resources embody that um and there were so many templates that I've been a that I was able to use straight away in my lessons um and more importantly I think they were all ideas that could be used in any subject with any year group so I found it absolutely so so useful you're listening to from page to practice Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag pagepracticepodcast. Contribution number five today comes from Celeste, who can be found at MFLCE. Hello, um, my name is Celeste and I am a PGC trainee from the University of Reading. Um, I teach MFL, uh, French and Spanish, in a school in Berkshire. And I've read the book about retrieval practice from Kate Jones. Um, My key takeaways from this book are that retrieval practice is really important in the classroom um, and it should also include all the pupils. And that's something that I've really worked on while creating resources after reading the book, um, that it's important that all the pupils have the opportunity to take part in retrieval practice and that the activities should target all of them and not just five of the pupils in the classroom. Um, What I've also learned from reading this book is that sometimes the best activities for retrieval practice are the ones that are low prep but have big impact. So I've worked a lot on creating some templates of activities recommended in the book so I can use them in the future in my classroom and I will be able to use these activities without spending too much time on them, which is, I think, really good when you're an NQT, which will be my case in September. Um, I also really enjoyed reading about the the importance of testing um, that pupils usually revise by rereading or just doing some past papers but not really testing themselves. And what I really enjoyed in the book is that Um, Kate says that testing is really important and that we should encourage the pupils to test themselves all the time because that's how they recognize their gaps in their knowledge and that's something I really enjoyed reading about because I think it's really important and even when I was a pupil I didn't really test myself as much as I could have done it so I think this is really good and I will definitely try to 
promote testing in my classroom and through homework or even in class at the beginning or at the, at the end of my lessons. So what I did after reading this book, I created a PowerPoint template to explain the key points of ritual practice, what I learned from it. Um, it was at first I made this PowerPoint for my MFL department because I saw that because I'm a trainee, I've got more time to read and everything. So I thought I could share what I've learned in the book with them. Um, and then I made a template of the activities that are recommended in the book. Um, I adapted them to my subject, to MFL. So I put an emphasis on um, the GCSE questions for speaking, for example, because I think that could be a way at the beginning or throughout the lesson to review this questions because sometimes we tend to focus on just one topic and not really re revisit it um, throughout the year. So I thought that could be a way um, to do it through retrieval practice. I also adapted some of the activities for Key Stage 3 um, on several topics. I really like the idea, for example, of list because I think in MFL um, we use a lot of vocabulary activities. So I think retrieval practice could be um, a part of the vocabulary learning. Um, and I think the last thing I, I learned from this was the idea of rewards, because in my department, we used a retrieval practice activity that rewarded the pupils for doing it. Um, but I think while reading this book, I realized that retrieval practice is not really something that the pupils should be rewarded, or at least not with material praise, but maybe just saying that, oh, I can see you've made a big effort or you spend a lot of time working on this topic and now I can see that you've learned. So maybe more of a verbal praise instead of a, a suite or a sticker. So that's something I will think about. I think it's my next step is thinking about the way I reward my pupils, especially for retrieval practice. And is retrieval practice something that I should reward or not? So yeah, I think that's my main takeaways from this book. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag pagepracticepodcast. Next up is someone that I've connected with over on Instagram as well as on Twitter. On Twitter, you can find her at MissW underscore Edu. Hi, I'm Danielle Waldron. I'm a third year English and Film Studies teacher in secondary, um, but I will be going on to teaching further education from this September. Um, so I've been reading Retrieval Practice by Kate Jones, and I found this a really helpful learning aid for myself. Um, I think she describes really well what the science of learning is and why retrieval practice is important because even though in my school that I'm in now, we have incorporated retrieval practice for about almost a year and um, through the form of do nows, I didn't really understand how um, important it is really for to encourage this regular testing so that students will just start studying more um be that through like the use of a low stakes quiz or you know some sort of retrieval starter um but it also provides like really good feedback to teachers you can see you know where those gaps are straight away um 
and it really organizes the knowledge um for the teacher and the student which I found very very um helpful to me uh just like a knowledge organizer I find that helpful to myself as well because I can see exactly where we are in the scheme of work really really quickly um and where the whole class is up to and I think that's why retrieval practice works so efficiently because you can really you know address any misconceptions so easily um and really a lot of it is very minimal work from the teacher so much of it is what the students do um so again I think this is a really important book to read and, and to understand the science of learning and and how retrieval you know supports that retention um of knowledge that they need um to get through their exams obviously because all students will have gaps in their knowledge it it just happens it's nature it's it's always going to happen doesn't matter how good of a student you are there'll be a gap somewhere that you need to go and address and through retrieval practice you can do this um and obviously you can do this in lots of different ways it can be fun it can be quite informal and obviously students can over time once they've learned how to do this as a skill they can then go ahead and do this as revision on their own and this will benefit them you know in, in years to come if they choose to then do their a-levels or go to uni Um, lots of different um situations really it can be applied to so again it's also just about giving our students an extra life skill as well as you know the skill to revise and, and pass an exam and um, so I think this is really important for um learning about our metacognition and the science of learning um as well as giving feedback to teachers and being a helpful learning aid really um so some of the key takeaways for me from the book I would have to say are to make these retrieval practice uh, tasks low stakes but also challenging because I think that was one of the things I was struggling with maybe um because when it was low stakes it was it was also the sort of low performing so if I was making a low stakes quiz um for say like the end of my knowledge organizer the questions would all be sort of based around the same level rather than you know getting lower ability to middle to higher and you know really stretching them really challenging them um and so now I'm, I'm making sure that it gets more challenging as it goes along which is you know the way it should be um even though it's low stakes it doesn't mean that you know it, it's necessarily really easy but of course you've got to tread that fine line because students have got to feel like they've got a chance of you know getting some of the answers right to make them want to participate in it so that's where those uh, sort of easier questions or ones that you think are easier anyway come in um so it's just about sort of finding the right balance and getting it right and I think another thing that I've really picked up on is to make it varied my retrieval practice this year has not been varied enough at all and now that I've read through this book I can reflect on that and, and see that clearly um a lot of my retrieval practice was just done 
as a whole school approach so it was just um a matter of a do now task um five questions based on you know prior learning whereas now I can see that there's so many other forms of retrieval practice there's so many other things you can do and I think just asking them questions all the time gets very repetitive and it gets very boring especially if it's a whole school approach and so they are doing that same task you know five times a day every day of the week I think um I'm almost embarrassed really that I didn't see how it needed to be made varied so luckily while I've been reading this book um there's lots of different resources uh that you can download and you can really adjust them to any age group to any subject it's really really good um so things like the cops and robbers where you'll get the students to write down information that they already know about a topic and then they'll go and like rob a piece of information from someone else that they didn't already know Um, a brain dump which is quite similar they're just putting all the information onto the page that they know and then you go through it as a class or like a QA. and um, again addressing any misconceptions or you know giving it an opportunity for pupils who didn't get certain parts to to now get it and you know add that to their knowledge as well um a challenge grid as well there's so many different forms of testing that I think don't seem like formal testing and when you do just have five questions up on the board for the learners to think about an answer that does seem like a test whereas when you have it as a sort of task like cops and robbers it doesn't seem like a test so it's almost like tricking the learners into learning um and if it's fun it also fosters that love of learning which again is really important to get across to students to to love to learn um so I really you know Kate Jones has done an amazing job with all these different resources um, and there's templates for them everywhere online which is great because it just saves so much time you know for teachers to be able to like quickly put in retrieval practice because I think that's the only that's the sort of scary thing and I know it was in my school teachers saying you know well where are we going to get the time to to plan all these extra activities at the start of every lesson and you know a lot of the time it's to address misconceptions from the previous lessons that means it needs to be done for the next time you see them and obviously we all know teachers have such a high workload and so getting that done you know it does need to be done quickly um so at least having the template it, it really does help because you only then need to write in the the words really so it's really good um another key sort of takeaway I got from it was the parental involvement which I'm definitely going to incorporate that from you know now on um because getting the parents involved and showing them you know right they need to know these things you test them because it's very quick it's so quick and easy for the parents to help do quizzing you know it's not like they've got a certain and do something that's going to take ages with them it's just a quick quiz and then they can see if their child's got gaps in their knowledge and it's 
you know, really helpful for them, I think, as well, because that's sort of a big struggle, I think, that I've had is parental involvement. I think this is a quite a good, quick fix to getting parents involved um, in the child's learning. Um, and it also does help a lot with the ab- absence because I know there's so many schools um, that have, you know, poor attendance or there will always be that pocket of students that do have poor attendance. So if at least they have the opportunity to look and see where their gaps in their knowledge are, because it's so easy to see where they are once you're doing, you know, retrieval practice, you can clearly see what lessons you've missed and, you know, what you don't know about a certain topic, um, what skills you haven't learned, you know, because you were off. So it's so much easier to catch up. And then again, that links into the parents. It's easy to feed that back to them and and let them know how to help them progress and and catch up. Um, Because I think that's some of the biggest barriers to learning are misconceptions and gaps in knowledge. And retrieval practice does a really good job. I mean, obviously nothing is foolproof, but, you know, this does a really good job of um, incorporating all this and, and thinking about all these different ways to, you know, try and basically help pupils along as much as humanly possible so that they've acquired the knowledge they need, you know, by the time they sit their exams. And, you know, it, it really helps them if they can do these low stake situations like quizzes and retrieval practice they can then apply that to when they're in a high stake position and they've got to remember that information which is obviously leading up to their exam so I think this book is incredible even if you've been teaching you know a year five years 10 years 20 years this is something everyone needs to read because it's got so many good ideas in it it explains it all really well it's really well well written um and it's just very, it was a really quick read. Um, it doesn't, you know, it's not overwhelming. It doesn't, you know, just shove facts and figures in your face. It's lots of, you know, real life tried and tested um, methods and approach to learning, which is, you know, um, I think the best kind of a education book, really. So, yeah, that's my take on it. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. We continue with Jenny Campbell, who tweets at JennyCampbell90. Hello, my name is Jenny Campbell. I'm a head of geography at a mixed comprehensive school in um, inner city Birmingham. And you can find me on Twitter at JennyCampbell90. I'm going to talk to you today about Kate Jones's book on retrieval practice, which I've found a very, very enjoyable read. Um, I've done quite a bit of work on retrieval practice over the last couple of years, and it was actually really refreshing and fantastic to pick up a book that basically had everything you need in it. One of the really great things about Kate's books is actually um, the the kind of the introduction section where she's talking to you about a lot of the theory that comes behind retrieval practice. 
One of the reasons that I became really interested in retrieval practice was because there were a lot of common misconceptions in, in my school about it. Um, and actually, I think what Kate does a really good job of is breaking it down and explaining it in a way that actually is really, really easy to understand and then to be able to kind of transfer to your own teaching. A lot of the research on retrieval practice is done in obviously further education and is to do with educational psychology and that kind of thing. But Kate is really great at breaking it down and making it so that it's very clear and that everything you need to understand is kind of there in that first chapter, which I found really actually very, very useful. Um, one of the other things I really, really like about the book is how many brilliant practical examples there are actually within the book. And not only are there practical examples... But actually what she does is she provides you with case studies to show exactly how they're used. Um, and the the really fantastic thing is that, that there's such a wide range of them. They're not subject specific, so they can be adapted across lots and lots of different subjects. Um, retrieval practice for me has become something that is part of pretty much every single one of my lessons. So it's great to be able to actually have at my fingertips all these different variations so that we're kind of varying the different ways that the students are using their retrieval practice. Another really, really wonderful thing about Kate's book is she actually provides you with the opportunity to just download these resources, which I think, you know, is is a wonderful gesture on her part. And it's it's obviously saving those people who have bought the book and who are reading the book a lot of time um, and effort in actually creating these resources. And I think in the book, she kind of goes to show that actually that if you use retrieval practice properly, it can really cut down on teacher workload. It can reduce the amount of marking and feedback that you're doing. But also once you've kind of generated these templates, all you need to go in is kind of do is go in and kind of adjust them and, and make the the change the questions or change the topics that you're testing the students on. Um, so for me, I found that really, really very useful. The other thing I thought was really great about Kate's book is the way that she shows how retrieval practice can actually be used alongside other cognitive strategies. So she, for example, looks at how you can use it alongside um, spaced practice. And she also looks at how you can use it alongside dual coding. And I think these are all things that are really, really topical in education at the moment. And often what we find is that there are all these different things that are kind of being suggested to us. And often we don't know actually how we can use them alongside each other. So I found it really useful to kind of look and see how I could combine these two different strategies. Um, one that I am using particularly is um, retrieval practice with um, space practice. So what I do in my classroom is, particularly with my GCSE students, is their starter activity every single lesson is a mixture of six different questions, which are from a range of different topics that they have studied over the course of their GCSE um, course. So they're not just doing retrieval practice uh, questions from one topic, they're doing it for three or four, uh, from three or four different topics, which um, is obviously a really, really great way of them being able to space out the revision that they're doing. It's interleaving different topics as well. So I think it, it's helping them to actually be able to really remember things and draw together a lot of those synoptic links, which is something that is really, really important for geography as well as for other subjects as well. Back to some of the actual concrete examples that um, Kate provides, the snakes and ladders example that she's used, I think is something that I could really, really get on board with. And I really like the, the grid example that she's done. This is something that I've used in my lessons where you have a number of different questions, but they are colored according to the points that they are worth. So the students need to get a, a minimum number of points and the way that they get those points 
is done through um, completely their decision. So they could, for example, pick five questions that are worth two points in order to get 10 points, or they could pick 10 questions that are worth one point. And it's totally up to them and it's giving them some choice and it's giving them some ownership, which I think is something that's really, really important when we're, when we're teaching students how to do something. Um, and one other thing that I really, really like about Kate's book is the fact that she has a whole section on actually how to use retrieval practice as revision and not just in the classroom. Because obviously, yes, it's fantastic if we can start to use these strategies in the classroom. But what we should really be doing is teaching the students how to use these beyond the classroom. So she takes the reader through how to actually essentially be able to train the students up to be doing these retrieval practice activities at home and to actually be using themselves or their parents as a resource to kind of help and check and provide feedback. Um, and a way, again, in which you can do that is through providing lots of different templates for the uh, for the students to go home and use. But actually, um, in my personal experience, I've gone beyond that. And what I've done with my students is I've actually kind of brought them on side with retrieval practice. So I've used it in the lesson and shown them actually how effective it is. And once I've brought them on side in the lesson, what I then started to do is to encourage them to actually um, basically be in charge of doing it themselves at home. So I no longer actually provide them with any resources for them to do their retrieval practice revision. Initially, we created the resources together in class. We would come up with quizzes. We would do lots and lots of mind mapping to see uh, different styles of questions that we would use and which topics that we would use. But now, actually, what they do themselves is they... Um, they design the 10 questions from a topic of their choosing, so something that they know themselves they are weak on. They then have to leave two or three days before they then go and answer those questions from memory. So that's obviously using spaced practice. And then they can then use their revision guide or their notes to then go and mark that question, those questions. And what they then need to do is any questions that they've got wrong, they need to then go away and revise in more detail. Um, on my part, that took a lot, a lot of practice, a lot of scaffolding, a lot of modelling, a lot of work in class. But eventually, it has led to my students being able to do this themselves, become much more self-regulated learners. And they themselves really, really see the benefit. And it's really motivated them to try different styles of revision rather than just kind of rereading notes and also um, just, you know, highlighting and making summary notes. So I think, you know, Kate's book and, and the work that I've been doing is really showing students how they can go away and take this ownership and actually use retrieval practice without the help of their classroom teacher. So I think it's really great that those three clear sections in Kate's book are there. There's the theory behind it. There's then how to use it within the classroom. And then finally, there's how you can encourage the students to use it as a revision technique, both in the classroom and on their own at home. I'd be really keen to talk to any of you who are listening about this further. So if you're really interested to kind of see any work that I've done or have a chat to me, then please do get in contact with me on Twitter, which is at Jenny Campbell 90. Thank you very much for listening. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. The first of two contributions today that come all the way from Australia is Rowena Batter who tweets at at MME underscore Bata. Hi, my name's Rowena Bata. I teach French and English as a second language and I work at an independent school in Geelong in Australia. 
Uh, I started teaching in 1994 and for the last four years, in addition to classroom teaching, uh, I've been developing and delivering professional learning workshops for teachers. I bought Retrieval Practice by Kate Jones late last year and I read it over our summer holidays um, and so I was ready to implement some of her ideas for when our school year started in February. The things I liked about the book, first of all, is that it's really accessible. The first chapter on what the research tells us is presented as a series of questions and answers. Um, there are really nice summaries of key uh, research papers and books in the area of cognitive science. Um, there's a fantastic reference section, so it's easy to do further research if you're interested in a particular area. Uh, and I guess above all, it's it's practical. Um, there are solid examples of how to use retrieval practice in the classroom. And there are examples from different subject areas um, that you can adapt to your own subject area and the age of the students that you teach. The things that resonated with me uh, were was Kate's emphasis on low effort, high impact strategies the activities that she's presented in the book, they are very easy to use with multiple themes, with multiple year levels. Um, once you've made the activity, uh, it's very easy just to uh, change the content and use it with a different class. Reading the book brought home to me something that I've always known, uh, and that is that learning a language isn't as compartmentalised as perhaps some other subjects are. And by using retrieval strategies with students, it allows them to see that uh, what they learnt in year seven, for example, is useful in year nine and year 10 and year 12. So it's not a question of I've learnt this now so I never have to know it. I don't need to know it again. I can forget it which is the attitude they have with some subjects. Uh, Kate also spoke about the professional learning gap and as someone who delivers professional learning, um, that was something that is that interest, interested me as well. The way I've used this book in my classroom, I, I guess it's, um, it's brought home something that I've always known and that is that we get better by doing um, it's the old saying that practice makes perfect and the students aren't going to learn the vocabulary, learn the language if they don't have to practice it. Uh, so reading this book made me look systematically at what the students were expected to do for the, the term and the semester and I made a retrieval task schedule where they completed four retrieval tasks each week. We have three lessons a week and one homework task um, was devoted to retrieval. It worked well until we had lockdown. Even in lockdown, it sort of worked, but perhaps not as successfully as when we were doing it in class. I already used a lot of the activities in the book but perhaps not in a very systematic way. They were quite haphazard, but now I've, I've made them part of my practice more and the students are more familiar with them. So 
they have a better understanding of what's required and how to do it. Um, so I've used things like retrieval roulette to practice general conversation questions. I use cops and robbers for vocabulary call. Uh, and I like the thinking and linking grid to create sentences with more sophisticated vocab. Being a language teacher, I use a lot of the activities but slightly in, in a slightly different way from perhaps the way they were intended. So for, for learning a language, you need to not only be able to read and write the, the vocabulary, you need to be able to listen and speak as well. So, for example, I often use retrieval grids as a listening activity. So I use OneNote, um, I draw up the table. Instead of writing a word, I will record a sentence and students will have to translate it or just use it as a plain dictation activity so they just write it down. I, I do brain dump the regular way and also I'll ask them to... Uh, say as many words as they can on a particular topic. Uh, I use revision clocks for collocations. So I'll give them 12 verbs uh, and I'll get them to write down as many um, objects that go with the verb. So, for example, I'll give them the verb to play and I will ask them, I'll expect them to write, to play football, to play tennis, to play cards, to play board games, to play the violin, as many as they can. Um, and I also find that using mind maps, perhaps this isn't the way Kate intended, <laughs> intended this activity, but I use them to, with weaker students, especially in a, in a, in a topic that has a lot of vocabulary, for example, my year eights were learning about food and they had to learn words for fruit and vegetables. There were about 25 to 30 words for fruit and vegetables. I used the mind map to uh, reduce the number of, so I said, of, of, for example, fruit and vegetables. So I said, you know, write down five vegetables and use those five in different situations. So if I ask what's your favourite vegetable, what vegetable does your mother not like, what vegetable did you eat last night for dinner, um, you can use the same ones. So for them, they didn't feel that they need, needed to learn 30. It was more manageable, you know, that they did 10 or 15. Um, so that cut down on their stress and they felt a lot better about the task. Um, so all in all, I think Retrieval Practice is an excellent book. It makes you sit down and think about how, how you're teaching your class um, and what the important things are to you and makes you make time uh, for, for what you need to do. So I think it's an excellent book and I highly recommend it. It's well worth a read. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. As well as Alex returning to us today, we have another returning contributor, and that's Rachel Wilde. She can be found at rwild, that's W-H-Y-L-D, on Twitter. 
Hi, I'm Rachel Wilde. I'm a head of history and EPR in Leeds, Yorkshire. And my biggest takeaway from the Retrieval Practice book by Kate Jones is that retrieval practice should be quick, simple to create, but consistent. And what I mean by that is the activities that you create for retrieval practice shouldn't take you long to put together. This isn't about you putting the effort in as a teacher. It's about getting students to recall that knowledge and retrieve it. And they're the ones putting in kind of the hard work and the thinking there. Um, simple to create simple such as six words on a slide and they have to link them together or they have to define them or they have to categorize them that would take you one or two minutes to do but it's that consistency and being able to establish those gaps in knowledge that students have acknowledge them and then readdress them through other retrieval type activities and for me the application in the classroom has been immense and it's been kind of without me realizing Recently, while we've been in lockdown, I was replanning some GCSE lessons on Nazi Germany. And without me realising, I'd included several of the activities from this book. And it was only when I stepped back and looked at those lessons, I kind of reflected and thought, oh my gosh, that has impacted my practice so much. For example, I've used the challenge grids with the point systems for kind of last term, last month, last week. Um, Explanation links, so a set of words that students have to recall and retrieve the links between those words and explain them. Brain dumps, cops and robbers are used. Um, Even just basic kind of five knowledge questions based on previous topics. And nearly every lesson actually had something from this book in it. And that type of kind of practice and application without realising just shows the impact this book can have as as a teacher and it's a book that I've lent to other members of my department as a head of department and recommended to them and we've shared it round and I think everyone should read it because it's so practical it isn't a book that spouts off a lot of theory and educational theory on what you should be doing and then gives you no clue on what to do. Yes, it goes through that theory and yes, that is incredibly useful to understanding the importance of retrieval practice. But then it gives you so many pages of practical ideas that you could implement in your online lessons when we return to school with your teaching, with year 10 and year 12, really quickly and really easily. And for me that is the most effective form of pedagogy and book as a teacher because I can I can do something with it and it can impact my teaching and it can impact my students as well. So I hope you get reading and I hope you enjoy. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag pagepracticepodcast. And our second Australian contribution today is Cheryl Marr. She tweets at M-A-H-E-R underscore A-U. Hi, I'm Cheryl Marr and I work at an Australian university supporting teaching and learning. My base degree is in science, but I've been interested in education and particularly online education for about 15 years. I have an interest in inclusion and supporting all students, especially students with additional needs in succeeding in their studies. I've done a bit of research in this area previously and was familiar with quite a lot of the primary research covered in this book. I will recommend this book to my colleagues who are interested in exploring active retrieval and cognitive science in the future. It was good to see active retrieval, spacing and interleaving all being presented together as these all fit together really nicely as a strategy to support students and the book introduces them all quite well. My experience aligns with the authors, where the timing of introduction of new approaches to teaching and learning is critical. 
This mirrors some of my own experiences. We're introducing new approaches in first year and then building upon them across the program is more successful than introducing a new approach later in the course of study. Consistently using an approach and having a shared language for the teaching staff is really helpful in assisting students in knowing what to expect and therefore reducing their cognitive load. I'm looking forward to following EduTwitter and seeing the resources developed to introduce active retrieval to students at different levels and their parents. Second theme in the book which really resonated with me was the idea of sustainability and that developing resources needs to be sustainable both for the teacher and their work-life balance and also for the environment. In that you don't want to spend two days preparing resources which will end up in the bin after 20 minutes. The author's use of reflection throughout the book and the exploration of application was really helpful and showcased how important this is in developing your practice, although on a few occasions it did distract from the narrative. The range of resources mentioned throughout the book are really quite impressive and hopefully at least some of them will meet the privacy and security policies of your own institute. Overall, I think this book provides a great introduction to some current and emerging research in the cognitive science field and how this research can be used within a teaching setting to support students in developing their metacognitive strategies, both for use within the classroom and within their lives. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag pagepracticepodcast. Today's final reader contribution comes from Steph Lancake, who tweets at Senora, that's S-R-A underscore Cakey. Hello, my name is Steph Lancake. I teach Key Stage 3 to Key Stage 5 Spanish. I'm also a subject mentor um, and this year have become particularly interested in teaching and learning. Um, so it started with... Rosenshine's principles um, and we were lucky enough to have Tom Sherrington come to our school to deliver some CPD on that. I also had an objective set this year on retrieval strategies. Um, I did lots of research through articles, particularly through Twitter, where there is an amazing group of teachers offering ideally CPD at all times. Um, and my book collection started growing uh, I came across Retrieval Practice by Kate Jones, which seemed a no-brainer to buy. Not only does it have strategies in it and example activities, but also background and research, which is what I was lacking. Um, I already had quite a few strategies that people had shared, particularly on Twitter, um, but I didn't really understand the why and the direction that I was going to move in to help make things clearer um, for me. But also the students, they didn't really know why we were doing what we were doing. Um, so that has now made me also look into metacognition a lot more. And that's my current um, tack on to retrieval practice. So once I delved into it, it seemed like a huge task to implement into teaching at all key stages. However, the beauty of this book and what it is, retrieval practice, is that actually it doesn't have to be a strenuous activity for high impact outcomes. Um, in languages there is so much content to squeeze into and we expect students to be able to retain it all without our assistance um, and we know now from a lot of research that we need to revisit information regularly to keep it in our working memory. Kate also looks at how 
once it's effectively used in lessons, students need to be able to take it home with them for more effective revision strategies. And prior to lockdown, I had spoken to my year 10 form about the different strategies they could implement. Uh, they were really interested in a, in a low effort, high impact ethic and who wouldn't be. So that's to be confirmed next year. In the meantime, I have created a revision study booklet for languages, but that could be adapted for anyone. And it contains a lot of Kate's ideas. Um, so this academic year... Um, I had two year nine groups and I decided for the purpose of my objective to demonstrate the importance of the methods for retrieval practice so that I could feed it back to my department for future practice and to demonstrate why we need to update some of our activities easily. So after one term, the results were in, the group using retrieval strategies achieved higher scores in their end of module test. Um, if we hadn't been interrupted by COVID-19, this would have grown, I am certain. However, during the time in lockdown, I've created some really easy retrieval games and activities for every single module. Um, in the book, Kate has a lot of history examples, but they are so easy to adapt and develop to create language resources. Um, and I know that over time, and actually teaching the modules person to person, the resources and ideas and hopefully results as well will grow as a result of implementing retrieval practice. Um, my next challenge, something that I'm now learning more about and that Kate touches on in the book, is dual coding. Um, and top tip, don't forget, which I did because I first read this book on a train, uh, is that Kate has QR codes at the end of the book so you can instantly go and visit some of her resources and get off to a quick start. Um, overall, it's a really insightful, easy to access and really helpful book um, worth keeping within reach so that you can create something new and exciting for your groups. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. It's been great hearing so much about retrieval practice, as it's an area I've been really interested in, especially since I based my chartered teacher research project on it. So please remember, I'm looking for contributions on Be More Toddler, The Craft of Assessment and 10% Braver before I take my August break, and what they didn't teach me on my PGCE, ready for the return in September. You can contact me at bexn91 or at pagepracticepod on Twitter, at pagepracticepodcast on Instagram, from page to practice on Facebook or via my website, the address of which will be recapped during the outro. All that remains for me to say is please consider leaving a quick review or rating on iTunes to help more people find the podcast, and I'll be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to From Page to Practice. Don't forget to join in the conversation using hashtag pagepracticepodcast. Alternatively, to suggest a book or article, or volunteer to contribute to an episode, visit learninglinguist.co.uk forward slash page practice podcast. Thanks go to Kevin McLeod of Incomtech.com for use of the tracks Cheery Monday and Fuzzball Parade, which are licensed under Creative Commons.